live from Columbia, Missouri, this is The Hot Corner with your hosts, Patrick Harrion, Michael Imami, and Logan Franz. One hour of nonstop sports starts right now. And good morning, Columbia! Welcome to another edition of The Hot Corner. I'm your host, Patrick Herrian, and alongside me would have been, God rest his soul, Michael Imami. And Logan, he's back! I'm back. He's I was, back. I was in Austin last week, but I'm back in Columbia, and I'm ready to, to talk some college basketball. And ladies and gentlemen... It's the week of the NIT. All right, get your NIT brackets out. All right, who do you got winning? I think I have Dayton. I have uh, Dayton going pretty far in the NIT. So we're going to go through, like we do every year, we're going to go through that bracket and figured after it we're going to go with the Roman <laughs> CVI College Basketball Invitational bracket as well. We're not doing that. <laughs> if you're familiar with the show, you know that we do a very, very fun and special segment every March not just for the NIT and the CBI. Don't worry. Those tournaments get their due. Not by us, but by others. <laughs> With the greatest tournament ever. The March Madness or the NCAA Division I College Basketball Championship Tournament. Whatever way you want to call it. I've always referred to it as the March Madness. We go through every single round of 64 game. That includes every game in the West that happened and will happen today. Ones that we'll talk about yesterday. A little bit of a recap as well. We're going to go through West, East, South and Midwest, and compare them to our brackets. Michael, if he were here, he would be doing that as well. And at the end of the show, given how much time we have, we're going to pick a champion and talk about our Final Four for a couple minutes. So, there, I used to write down the amount of time we had in between each segment, and it's right around ten minutes per per region. Which, if you're good, at, if you're if you're a math major or someone who's good at math, you have to realize that we're supposed to get off the air at eight fifty-five to give the next show a five-minute courtesy, and which means, given commercial breaks, we got to get through ten minutes each in about forty-ish minutes plus time plus us rambling about certain games. So that's a lot of games to talk about. Thirty-two games to talk about in about. 53 minutes and counting. Yeah, thankfully there are some that are always pretty quick, whether it be they were blowouts or project to be blowouts. So that does make it a bit easier on us, but there's 16 games per region and 10 minutes to get through each region. So it's it's a tight fit. It's actually uh, eight games per region, not eight 16. Games per region. Oh, yeah, 16 games. Okay, you're right. One, aren't I? I did 64 <laughs> teams and not... Um, 64 games. All right. So without further ado, let the madness begin. We're going to start with the first game that happened. Not the first game, but we're going to go start with the first seed over in the West Division. The number one seed of the tournament, Gonzaga, played against Georgia State last night. And that was a lot of fun watching that one. But however, I got a few points I want to make on Gonzaga. But Logan, we all picked Gonzaga here, hopefully. We're not nuts. We're not nuts. What what did you see? I saw a lot of rebounding opportunities by Georgia State, which was something that's very crucial in the tournament, especially offensive rebounds and being able to score off of those second chances. That was the big difference I noticed early in the game. Eventually, Gonzaga became Gonzaga, but it it took a while, and I think it's a little worrisome down the road. Maybe not for this next game, but the way they got UNC next, or am I in the wrong uh, region? They, they got not, Memphis. They have Memphis, yeah. And Memphis, Memphis looked... For, we'll get to them, and we'll get to them later. Like, literally just a minute, but yeah. Um, so I don't think they have anything to worry about there, but down the road it might cause some problems. Yeah, well, what, what I saw from this one is, and Georgia State, I, I read up on Georgia State a bit. I wrote a column 
plug for KCU.FM, our, sta- our station website, previewing the Sun Belt Tournament. Sun Belt Fun Belt is what I called it. And I had Georgia State as a runner-up or someone who was in contention to win that conference. And they did win the conference, so they made it in as a automatic bid. But what I've noticed about this game a little bit here as I wrap up my thoughts, Gonzaga is like Alabama. You gotta go punch for punch with them. You cannot have possessions where you do not score and they score. Once they get, you know, it's it's kind of idiotic for me to say you gotta score every possession, but you also have to stop them as well. Drew Timmy is a guy that's very hard to stop, and that seven foot center, his name has just escaped me for every reason because I literally wrote down names. He's another guy you don't want to you're gonna have trouble stopping. Well, not only just for his height, but because he's also not a Neanderthal, which is usually what goes on with seven foot players. But definitely. You have to go punch for punch with them the entire game. For a team that is number one in the country, that has as, as much depth as Gonzaga, it's hard to do. Only teams that can possibly do that, maybe Memphis, look further down the bracket, Michigan State, Big Ten team, maybe Duke. Texas Tech as well. Those are teams that can possibly get out of this. Now that UConn's out, they're a really good team as well. But we'll get to them later. Next game. Boise State and Memphis, this one, the sheet of integrity, which is my bracket, did not pick correct. I picked Boise State to win this one, but Memphis... They have a good offense and defense as well. Yeah, Memphis had nine players that scored points in the first half. They were on a roll and they were just they were killing it in the first half. Boise State played a much cleaner second half. They only had one turnover with five minutes left. They started to kind of start that comeback bid, but just couldn't finish it. But it was it was a great game overall by Memphis spreading the ball around, getting a lot of scoring from a lot of deaf players. So you love to see that. Yeah, Memphis with with the players of DeAndre, DeAndre Williams and Landers Noli II, who both had double-digit scoring games. Jalen Duran also had a double-double in the game as well. So those are two players you want to watch out for when they play Gonzaga. And seeing how Gonzaga played against Georgia State, you know, the first, you know, um, let me do some math here, 35 minutes of the game before Gonzaga pulled away, Memphis can certainly hang with them. And I think they'll do a very good job against Gonzaga. Whoever wins out of that is going to have... Some fun with whoever comes out of the next couple games we talk here. UConn and New Mexico State. Also, I had Boise. I believe you had Boise as well. I had Memphis. Oh, wow. Never mind. Never mind. Michael, what did you have? Thank you. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go over to the next game here. UConn out of the Big East and the WAC champion New Mexico State. Now, New Mexico State is a constant WAC champion. They're always in the running to make somewhat of a run into at least the round of 32. I remember our freshman year, they lost to Auburn in the first round, and it was a pretty, pretty good game on them. I picked Auburn as one, and I thought about picking New Mexico State in an upset, but that did not work. This is the year I was like, you know what? I'm not picking them again, and that hurt. <laughs> you know, you look at the Aggies, they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country, shooting 64, a little about 65% from behind the arc as well. And they were perfect on free throws yesterday. So that's definitely something you want to watch out for. As you know, Logan, you both, you and I both know, when it comes to basketball, making your free throws in crucial moments is the most important thing you can do other than not fouling in a very bad time, which we'll get to in probably the next game. Yeah, in a, in a close game like that, the free throws can really make all the difference. And the Aggies today were just or yesterday, I should say, we're just on fire. 11 for 17 from three-point range. That is a great rate to be making threes at, and those can really separate you from the pack. Obviously, it's a little finicky, but if you're hot on threes, you can you, you can be just about anyone. It's just a matter of how, how hot you can get. Also, can we talk just for a second about Teddy Allen? 37 points in this game. He was basically just a one-man wrecking crew man, for the Aggies. Man versus team. Man also, uh, fun fact about New Mexico State, they also are, the, I believe, the only college to have a school, university named Beer and Wine. Fun fact for today. There you go. 
I think it's called 1888 Aggie something. So Cowboy Pistol Pete something. It's something along the lines of that. If you're a New Mexico State Aggies fan, well, sorry. But you also you probably know what that is. All right, next game we had your I had UConn net as well. I, I not, had UConn as right, well. I, I, I had to go I to the history. Of picking the wrong upsets. We're going to yeah. go to the next game here. Arkansas and Vermont. That was a fun one to watch and a very hard one to watch as I picked Vermont in that one. And, well, uh, so did I. It didn't work. We, we both, Yeah, we both <laughs> had the same mindset going into that one. Our, our hive mind came out and what can I say? What can we say? What can you say? Move on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> it's a game going on today. We were all over games that happened last night. Here comes four games. Excuse me. Uh, let me do some quick math here. I believe that is, yeah, four games that are going on in this in this Western region today. We have Alabama and Notre Dame. Now, Notre Dame, I have written here, it's not St. Patrick's Day anymore, so the luck of the Irish might have ran out. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they react to that double overtime when they had against Rutgers. I just wonder if they're going to be tired. They had a full day to rest, so maybe not, but... I just wonder if they're. It, it's like the whole rest versus rust thing when you have like a first round bye in the playoffs. Like Bama's been resting for about a week. Notre Dame's been resting for just about a day. Like which does is that does Alabama come out rusty because they haven't played in a week, or does Notre Dame come out tired because they just played two days ago? So that's kind of the thing I'm going to be watching for. Yeah, two guys you also want to watch out for. If you're a Bama fan, you should know the name Jaden Shackelford fairly well. Here, averages 16 points per game and five rebounds per game. If you're one of the Fighting Irish or Domers of Notre Dame. <laughs> You're looking out for Blake Wesley, averaging 14 points per game as well. Irish have the better defense, but Bama has the offense. I've got Bama. Yeah, Bama's a better rebounding team and scoring team in terms of um, those stats per game. I think it'll be an uphill battle for Notre Dame. Not impossible, but I'm going with Alabama. Next game in here, another David and Goliath chance. Texas Tech, runner-up a few years ago, lost to Virginia in the championship our freshman year, so that was the 2019 tournament. Montana State, the FCS football runner-up. Fun fact there, if you follow some uh, FCS Division I college football. Texas Tech, I got rid of my notes here, the ninth-ranked NET team, and Montana is the 120th. It really shows you the difference between some of these teams in terms of that ranking metric. However, they need a fast defense and offense to win, but Texas Tech has that lockdown defense we've seen for the last couple seasons. Yeah, Texas Tech has a defense that could really help them go the distance. It's it's they're the they have the f- fifth fewest points allowed in the tourney. I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. So they need to rely on that to make up for kind of that lack of scoring. But I think the way their defense is built, they can definitely they can definitely go the distance based on it. They are a lockdown defense, and they're they're going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch that game. I always root for the upsets regardless of how my bracket goes. But I got Texas Tech in this one. I have Texas Tech pretty much all the way into the elite eight. So that's- I have Texas Tech going all the way. Maybe a bit farther. We'll we'll get we'll, we'll get, get to, to that, that later. <laughs> All right, last couple of games here before we uh, end off and with our Western coverage here, Michigan State and Davidson two teams. This is this is a matchup that is hard to predict in this one. Davidson, you know, they won the Atlantic Ten. They excuse me, they were the Atlantic Ten regular season champions. This is the best season they've had since Steph Curry was in there in the 0809 season. As for Michigan State, they struggled throughout the regular season. And, you know, regu- well, second half of the regular season, first half, they started out, I believe, 15-2 and two at one point. So they were very, very good. And then they kind of just, I don't want to say plateaued, and then went down or something along the lines of that. But as for Davidson, they're the 41st NET-ranked team. So definitely something to look out for. They're not their average mid-major team. Yeah, they're top 10 in three-point shooting. They're shooting 38.6% from behind the arc. And that's something that 
we I'll, I'll sound like a broken record by the end of the show, but that three-point shooting can make or break a game for you in a lot of cases. Davidson has four players averaging double-digit points. Foster Lawyer is averaging 16.3 points a game. And I'm sure I'm going to mess up this first name, but Hyun Jung Lee is averaging 16 points per game. So they've got a lot of quality scorers on that team, and I think it'll serve them well in this game. I've got Michigan State in this one, and I have Michigan State playing the winner of the next game, which, you know, <laughs> wow. <Good laughs> I have analysis there. But I, I have, got Michigan State. Yeah, I have Davidson in this one. I think I give them the edge because they have more proficient scorers than Michigan State does. Michigan State is slightly worse from behind the arc and slightly worse at free throws. So I think Davidson is just a little bit of an edge. All right, the final game we have here, Duke against Cal State Fullerton. Congrats, Fullerton, for making the tournament. They're coming in at 21-10. and 10. As for Duke, well, you might have gotten slaughtered in the ACC championship. However, I believe Fluke will lose in the second, in the Sweet 16. They are not a third weekend team. <laughs> yeah. third, uh, they're not an uh, Elite Eight team. That's what I've got. It's a pretty easy win here. However, do not rain anything out of the round of possibility here because as you've seen throughout this tournament so far, and we'll get to a few other big upsets as this bracket continues, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I had Oral Roberts last year and was slaughtered for it on this show, but it turned out to be to be true. It turned out to be true. So, yeah, CSU is a good team, but they're not, they don't have the firepower to keep up with Duke. Let's not get ourselves. All right, we're going to keep it going on. When we come back, we're going down east through that bracket with the number one team being Baylor. We have a lot to talk about, especially if you're a Kentucky fan. Keep listening on that corner on KCU 88.1 FM and KCU.FM. Over the past year and a half, you may have spent more time with the youth in your life, but have you really been connecting? October is Let's Talk Month, so take this opportunity to connect with the young people in your life using Connect With Me, a free resource from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. Head to health.mo.gov connect or follow us on social media for conversation starter cards, resources, and weekly activities. This message brought to you by the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. What's up, 573? This is Keegan Harpin, telling you to tune in to The Breakfast of Champions, airing every Friday morning. Join Brandon Anthony. Oh, shoot, I just flew a thousand miles to come to a, see a blowout on Sunday Night Football. Ryan Crothers. I'm the pretty face. Yeah, he's the pretty face. And myself, as we get your day started with all things sports. NHL, NFL, anything that starts with an N and ends with an L. From NFL, NBA, even some NHL, our crew has all the sporting news and just plain out morning fun. I was Show. gone for a minute, but I'm back now. Sit the back down oh. bars. Again, that's Breakfast of Champions, airing every Friday morning at 10 a.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update. I'm going to let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. A stableman of watching CBS or any of the channels that cover the March Man still hear everything related to the songs Dancing. And Dancing Queen is an iconic song that plays at some point during every commercial break in 
the March Madness. So now we're over in the East region, starting off with the number one seed in the region, team that has won the national championship last season, and at one point had, I believe, the men, they had, was it the same season that the men and women won? No, I believe that was Louisville, wasn't it? Oh, Oh, it was no. the year Kevin Ware's injury happened, I'm pretty there was, sure. I believe there was an instance where Baylor's women's team was also very good and made a run, at least in a national championship. Maybe. I might be off here by my years. But anyway, without further ado, Baylor Norfolk Stake was the first game over on in the East. First, well, fifth one versus 16 seat. Well, Norfolk, so I've got to say is thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, in my notes for this one, I have just, um, yeah. Like, that's about, that's about what we expected. That's pretty much what I expect in that one. You know, we we have some history over here in MU lore about uh, <laughs> Norfolk State. Flashback to when Mizzou was the second seed in the region, and they lost to Norfolk State, who was a 14, Damn. or a 15, excuse me. Bad times. Anyway, <laughs> hopefully pain. you picked Baylor. Pain. I picked Baylor. Now. I picked Baylor. All right. Now, over other game we got here, UNC and Marquette, or Fraudcat, if you're in that world. UNC looked really, really good. You know, you watched a little bit about UNC this season. They kind of struggled a little bit throughout the early parts of the season, but then they really picked it up in the end. They beat Fluke, you know, late, late in the season in Coach K's last game at uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium, and they really didn't do all that great in the tournament, but, hey, you're here now, and you slaughtered a team that many picked to be your upset. So UNC looked great, and I think they'll give Baylor a run for their money. Yeah, Caleb Love had 21 points in the first half. He, I don't think he played much in the second half. He only had two points there, so 23 total. But this game, to me, either meant UNC was seeded too low or Marquette was seeded too high, or maybe both. Maybe both. I think it's more likely that it's both. But it was a dominant performance by UNC, and you'd love to see them carry that momentum against Baylor to make for a fun game. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun watching that one. The other game that's pretty hard to predict, but I got Baylor beating UNC in that game. So I picked both of these games correct. Wow, it happened. I was horrible over in the Western, the West region, but I'm doing not so bad here in the East until later on, which I'm sure you can have a little bit of a guess what we're going to get to, but that's later. St. Mary's against Wyoming, Indiana. Oof. That's what I had, yeah. <laughs> out. I, I have out. Good luck beating St. Mary's this season. Logan Johnson scoring 20 points in the win. And Tommy Coase, Coos, probably said his name wrong, I'm sorry, also a great scoring 19 points. So two double-digit scores there that can easily run the court, run all the ball all over you there. Indiana, well, sorry. Yeah, if St. Mary's looks the way they did last night in the tournament, they're going to be a very tough out. Yeah, you know, they're going to have their work cut out. Well, maybe their work cut out for this one. UCLA and Akron. And that was, if you were up late last night, like we all were, because this is the March Madness, and we're all degenerates at this time of year. None of us sleep. We just never sleep. No, we don't sleep. Murray, I just skipped ahead. UCLA and Akron. That game was a little stressful if you were a UCLA fan, especially those of you who have UCLA going fairly far in the tournament. So definitely something you want to watch out for, especially how they played against Akron. You know, Akron is a team that made a run in the MAC a little bit. They made it to the MAC championship, but had some players get suspended. No, excuse me, that was Kent State. They had players get suspended for trash talking Akron. Akron ended up winning that conference. So definitely a team that was hard to beat. Yeah, and Johnny Juzang found himself towards the end of that game with the crucial free throws that 
kind of extended their, or put them in the lead a little bit, maybe extended. I don't remember exactly the circumstances, but they they're hoping to carry that momentum. Hopefully, he can carry that momentum because he was he was he shot three for eleven last night, which is not great. Jaquez played a great great game on defense, but also struggled shooting. Tiger Campbell. Hawkes. 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 I'm sorry. Uh, and Tiger Campbell had a great game, 16 points. He had some crucial threes that also helped UCLA's comeback. So they need to kind of find that shooting a bit more and kind of get into a rhythm offensively. But we've seen what they can do just last year when they're at the height of their powers. So it's they're definitely not... There were, you can't they, write them they, off. But. For, for a while in the regular season, them and uh, USC were both undefeated for a good part of the first half of the regular season. So both of those teams have the players that can get it done. It's just a matter of if they all can mold together and perform under the pressure. Now, you saw them come out and win against Akron, so they stand certainly do it. But if I'm a UCLA fan, I'm a little nervous with that game against St. Mary's. Seeing how St. Mary's had played, I'd be a little nervous in you know picking the winner of that one. Yeah, I would be nervous too. I think you've got to, like I said, you've got to hope that Juzang kind of turns it around after a rough game. After a rough game last night, they just need to play a complete game, and they need their roster to kind of be more well-rounded, which we didn't really see that much against Akron. I picked UCLA in that one, and I also picked St. Mary's in the game prior. I don't I, know if you picked the same ones as I well. I picked the same way, yeah. All right, next thing we got here, Texas, excuse me, against Virginia Tech. Now, Virginia Tech won the ACC title, and they beat Duke, excuse me, Fluke, in the, in the ACC championship game. But they're also one of the hottest teams in the tournament, winning 13 of their last 15 they're also a top five three-point shooting team in the country. However, for Texas, they're kind of rolling that three-game losing streak. Their defense is great, but their offense leaves a little bit to be desired. Yeah, Texas has a much more balanced approach, which I think can work out really well for them. The only issue is they got Virginia Tech, who, like you mentioned, top five. They're third in the country in three-point shooting. And that's something that I think is going to give Virginia Tech the edge in this one. I like Texas's balanced approach, and I think it can work if they weren't playing a team that it's easy that is gets hot behind the arc pretty regularly but i think virginia tech is going to i think virginia tech has has an edge in this one there's there's certain times when you look at when you look at you know that three point percentage and you think about wolford in the second round you know a handful of years ago at this point or oral roberts oral roberts another team wolford in the second round did not win due to their player his name escaped me he was a top scorer in ncaa which team Wolford from a few years ago. I can look that He's up. He's a three-point shooter. I'm sure if you look up Wolford three-point shooter, he'll come up right away. He went ice cold in the second round and ended up losing the game. Losing the game. Shoot, I believe he shot zero percent from behind the arc. Was it Fletcher McGee? Yes, Fletcher McGee. Fletcher McGee. What a man. He ended up going cold. So if a team does not have that three-point shot working, now granted, third best in the country, so maybe it's a little different. If you don't have that three-point work and you got to work inside against a very good defensive team, you're going to struggle into some problems. Yeah, that's the only issue with being a really good three-point shooting team is if you have a game where you're off and you're not as hot behind the arc, it can cost you. And there are a couple games that we'll get to later on that had that exact thing exact thing happen. So, all right, I got Virginia Tech in this one. I also have Virginia Tech. Like I said, again, the slight edge against Texas. All right, final three teams here in the. Eastern region, Purdue versus Yale. This is a game that's to me very interesting. You know, Purdue was the was was the Big Ten runner up. They were at one point the number one team in the country. And Jaden Ivey is one of those names you want to walk. Zach, Ad and Travion Williams are also very good players. They all kind of mold together and get a really good squad going out there. As for Yale, you got to look for Azar Swain, who averages 19.2 points per game. So it's definitely someone you don't want to overshadow because Yale. I watched a little bit at Ivy League. They're a pretty good school. Yeah, if you can stop Azar Swain, you can probably stop Yale, but 
you've got to stop him first. That's the only issue. Jaden Ivey, you mentioned also averaging 17.4 points per game. They're just a solid all-around team, fourth in the country in three-point percentage right behind Virginia Tech, who we just talked about. So they're one of those teams that if they get hot, they get real hot. Yes. Well, I, I got Purdue in this one, though. I'm, I, as much as I love Yale. It would, it would be nice to see that upset, but yeah, I have Purdue in this one, too. All right, another game that was so much fun to watch last night. Well, not for me, but excuse me, not for those who picked the, win, the loser in this game. Murray State versus San Francisco. San Francisco making it to the tournament the first time in a long, long time. Murray State's kind of become a stapleman in the tournament at this point. A few years ago, you saw, uh, oh, no, my, I'm having a brain fart. John, John Morant. John Morant, who went out there and just dominated for Murray State. However, this game was very stressful because I picked Murray State in it, so I was at the edge of my seat, you know, praying that Murray State was going to come out with the win, and they did. I picked the Dons in this one, unfortunately. I thought about picking the Dons as well, but I was like, you know what, everyone else is going to pick the Dons, so I want to go with the team that a lot of people are underestimating, and Murray yeah, State's one of those teams. Now, I want to say they're not completely underestimating them. A lot of people have San Francisco or the winner of this game being a Cinderella team, so definitely something to look out for in the at least a second round here, as they'll be playing a very interesting opponent. More on that later. More on that <laughs> at 10. But yeah, I, I want to give credit to um, San Francisco's Jamari Boye, I think is how you say his last name. He had 36 points in that game, which is incredible. They just, the rest of the team just really couldn't um, build around that to get the win. Murray State just kept putting out guys that could score. And I believe you picked, yeah, you, you said you had the Dons. I had Murray State I had in that Dons. one. And we're going to go over to the next game, which has been somewhat of a meme. If you watched the NCAA tournament last night, Kentucky against a little known school. With the mascot all the peacocks, St. Peter's, a school of little over, I believe, 2,500 students that looks like they play in a high school gym, <laughs> lost to one of the top paid coaches in and in one against one of the top paid coaches in NCAA. So congrats to you, Kentucky. You are the meme of the season so far. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally have my notes. First thing I have is just what happened. Like, and I'll, I'll tell you one of the things that happened. We talk a lot about teams getting hot behind the arc and being able to be quality opponents. St. Peter's was 9-for-17 for three-pointers in this game, while Kentucky was only 4-for-15. So that's one of those examples. If you get a good team that's cold on three-pointers and you can be hot from um, from three, that can really, really cause problems. Yeah, and I've got a name looking out here for a St. Peter's fan. I know there's some of you out there, especially those who are rooting for them to just keep winning, like Oral Roberts did last season. Yeah. Daryl Banks the third. It's a name you want to watch out for. It's 27 points in the win last night. So definitely someone you want to see when they play Murray State in the second round. Yeah, Doug Edert also, I believe, say his last name, had 20 points off the bench. So he's definitely a name to keep an eye on as well. All right, that ends our coverage over here in the eastern region. We're going to continue on over into the south. When we come back, we're home of the Arizona Wildcats. Something you want to watch out for in that one, Loyola and Villanova, two teams that can make a run in the playoffs. We're going to keep it here. Later on, we come back the south on KCU 8.0 FM and KCU.FM. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Okay. Hey, this is KCOU, 88.1 FM. Are you trying to release the hottest project of this year, possibly next? 
come down to our studio in the student center and we can mix, master, record, edit, engineer your whole project, your whole artistic experience wrapped into one visit. Please come down and visit us. If any of this interests you, please email sessions at kcou.fm. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man, mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man, mm, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, man, mm, man. home of Arizona, a team that many people have making a pretty deep run in the playoffs, but also home of one of the greatest Cinderella teams of all time. Loyola Ramblers of Chicago, North, North Shore-ish, I believe. I'm trying to remember where. Rogers Park area, if you're familiar with the city, over that area, but also home of a lot of teams that can play spoiler. Tennessee, Illinois, Houston, another team that made the Final Four, I believe, last season. Yep. They can make a deep run as well. So definitely a lot of teams here you want to keep your eye out for, but also don't rule out the chance of Michigan. Michigan you know, played pretty well against Colorado State this, this week as well. So definitely teams, this is probably the hardest, one of the hardest divisions to predict because there's so many teams that make a run. I've heard people say Nova got championship dreams. I've heard Tennessee can make a run in and out, but I believe they're more known as fraudacies. So we'll get to them later. We're going to start off in the South. Arizona against Wright State, 1 versus 16. Only been done once. UMBC against Virginia, when Virginia was the the number one team in the country at the time, the number one seed, actually. So will Arizona lose to Wright? Probably not. I'm going to say probably not. <laughs> I'm going to say a very strong probably not. I think if they were to, Tanner Wright would be there, would be Wright State's guy if they had any chance, averaging 20.3 20 points per game. So he's kind of their their engine that makes their offense go, if you will. But I think Arizona, just an offensive powerhouse, they're gonna. I think they're going to roll. Yeah, I got Arizona on this one. I got Arizona pretty going pretty far. I do as well. All right, next game in here, probably the hardest game to pick in this bracket alone. Seton Hall against TCU. Two teams that are pretty much ranked the same in the NIT. The NET, excuse me. TCU is the 44th team, and Seton Hall is the 37th team. Their strength of schedule is also very similar, so they're pretty much even, Yeah, which these, is hard, especially in this time. It's hard to pick. Yeah, these 8-9 to nine games always end up being kind of a toss-up unless you're Marquette, North Carolina, but... Yeah, it's a very tough one. Both have some pretty proficient scorers. Mike Miles is the engine for TCU, so he's the he's the guy to watch on that side. Seton Hall has lost six of their last seven before they lost to UConn in the final game of the season in that tournament. Their most recent their most recent previous loss was on February sixteenth, so they were hot going into the tournament and then obviously lost the um their last game of the tournament. But they they've got some some talent there. TC uh, uh, Seton Hall does. So I'm um, Jared Roden, 15.9 points per game, and Bryce Aiken as well as another name to watch there. Yeah, Jared Roden was the one I had that definitely to watch out for. As for TCU, Mike Miles Jr., 15 points per game and 3.6 rebounds per game. So definitely a player you want to watch out. And that one, I've got TCU winning this game. I said yeah, basically it's a toss up, but give me TCU. Yeah, it doesn't matter because the winner of this one's probably going to lose to the one seed. Yeah. All right, following the next game in here, Houston against UAB, another team another even matchup that's a lot of people have considered 
can UAB win? Which I haven't, it's just not out of the realm of possibility. However, Houston, third ranked NET school, 43rd ranked strength of schedule, two metrics there that I put a lot of thought into when I'm picking these games here. So Houston might have lost a lot of players in the beginning of the season through the injuries, but they've really taken care of business without them. So they have guys that can fill it up. They have, you know, very depth, the very deep roster that they can use as well. So Houston has the players that can at least make a run to the Sweet 16, but this one might be a little more difficult. Yeah, out of some of the games that could be major upsets, this is one of the ones that stuck out to me a lot more. It's the dreaded 5-seed versus 12-seed upset. We've already had two of them with Richmond and... The other one's escaping. We just talked about them earlier. But two twelve, uh, the Aggies, New Mexico State. There, mm-hmm. those are two twelve seeds that have beat five seeds. Can Houston or can UAB be the third? We'll see. Jordan Walker's a great player for um for UAB and Houston. Like you mentioned, has a deep roster. So it's can UAB keep up? It wouldn't shock me if they pulled it out. But I'm picking Houston in this. Yeah, one. Jordan Walker averages twenty points per game, and he also dropped forty. In the, sem- in the Conference USA semifinals, he was also the Conference USA Player of the Year for the Blazers. Great name. I love UAB. Their mascot's a dragon. It's great. Awesome. But, however, I'm picking Houston. Yeah, I also have Houston. All right, next game. For a shirt I am wearing, I'm wearing my, my, my brother gifted me a University of Illinois basketball shirt. I'm wearing it today in honor of the Illini as I take on Chattanooga. Another game I've heard people throw around an upset. I mean, what is it an upset at this point? Honest. What <laughs> because, is it? There's so many. I, Upsets are social constructs. I have heard so many people throw around this one as well. Chattanooga is fun. (laughs) But the thing about Illinois, I've watched a lot of Illinois games, courtesy of my older brother Connor, and being at home, my dad's also watched some Illinois games as well. They're a team that's a tale of two halves. They either will slaughter you in the first half and then disappear in the second half with turnovers, uh, Corbello is one of the point guards. He turns over the ball a lot, so they can turn over the ball and bring a team right back in. But it usually goes to like, oh, we're up by 13. Okay, we'll let you come back. And then they don't. It's like they don't know how to play with a lead. They and but the scary thing about Illinois is it can be down 15 and then come back and win by 10. So it's not. They're a very good team, is what I'm getting at. But they just you never know what they're gonna get. Yeah, Kofi Coburn is averaging a double double on the season with 21.1 points per game and 10 rebounds per game. Both of both of those provide huge values, so they're gonna want they're gonna lean on him a lot. And they have a pretty deep roster. Chattanooga has Malachi Smith. That's the name I have circled up on my board yep, here. 20 points one. per game. Yep, that's definitely the big one for them. Um, Alfonso Plummer is another guy in Illinois who is Plummer is a good three point shooter. So. Yeah. So that free throw percentage is worrisome when we talk about those in close games. If Illinois kind of falls off in that department and Chattanooga can keep it close, maybe there's an upset. But but just, just remember, uh, Illinois lost to Loyola in the second round last year, and they were Big Ten champions. This season, Illinois was Big Ten regular season champions. So, you know, as some might say, don't put the Big Ten champion in your Sweet 16. Illinois is not the conference champion, but can possibly make that run. They're a team that has a lot of... Um, what's experience in the tournament now? You know, they had Io DeSumo last year, who was really good. And then you have Coburn, who declared for a draft and came back. Corbello's decent if he's not getting in his head and playing above his ability, trying to play above his ability. And Plummer's a good three point shooter. So they have a lot of the players to mix together to make a good deep run. However, they're going to run into Houston, and that's going to be causing some issues. But that's later on this weekend if they do win. Both yeah. of these teams win. Yeah, I was going to bring up that point. If it's Houston, Illinois, it's going to be a Really fun game, and that's what I have going into the second round is Houston, Illinois. I have Illinois in this one. All right, next game in here, Michigan versus Colorado State. I pick Colorado State. 
I thought Michigan was not going to make the tournament at all. I thought they shouldn't didn't deserve to make the tournament, but they made me eat my words, and I got to deal with fans saying, hey, Michigan deserved it. They're a Big Ten school, whatever. I don't care. I don't care about your opinion. I never <laughs> ask for your opinion. So... Seems a little Whatever. harsh, but maybe warranted. <laughs> I picked Colorado State to win it, and they blew it. I did as well. The Rams lived and died by the three-point shot, which is something that we talked about. If you're not hot, if you're a good three-point team, but you're not hot from from three points, it can cause issues, and it definitely did for the Rams. 12 for 35 from three points. They tried 35 three-pointers in this game. Yeah, that's, it was not good. Michigan, is gonna, Michigan moves on, and they're going to have trouble with the next team, which we're getting at here. I believe that you picked Colorado State. I picked Colorado State. We're both in the same boat here, and it's sinking. All right, next team we got here, next matchup, Tennessee versus Longwood. Well, all I have for Longwood is, well, congrats on making it. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, we all knew this was coming, right? That's that's all I have written down. Yeah, that's not much to talk about there. Ohio State versus Loyola. Now, this is a game that's very, very interesting here. A lot of people, and according to uh, CBS's March Madness bracket, over 50% of people are picking Loyola to win this game. Now, Ohio State's not a team to glance over. They're very good as well, but Loyola, they won the Missouri Valley Conference in the final year they're there. They're going to join the Atlantic 10 next season. They have a lot of depth. They're a lot of fun to watch, and Ohio State, they've had some issues this season. I've watched them a lot of best I've I've watched a lot of Big Ten basketball, so they've had some issues. However, they did beat Duke in the beginning of the season, and they have players that can put it together. Does the shoe still fit for Loyola? That's the big question. And in my notes, I have the Loyola's strength is a three-point ball, and that's what's going to make or break their chances. I know I sound like a broken record talking about three-point percentage. I think it's something that is important in those games because, like I said, a team gets hot and they're hard to stop. But I think you need, you need if you're a Loyola fan or if you're on Loyola, you need to you need to work those threes and you need to get hot there to beat Ohio State. They've the metrics say Ohio State probably should win. They've got more quality scores. I think a better free throw percentage, but I don't have that for sure. I didn't write the write that down, unfortunately. But Loyola needs to bank on those three pointers. It's happened before. We talked a lot about those kind of games. I'm taking Loyola say, on this one. Well, they made it pretty far. They're a lot of fun whenever they were, I believe, an eleven seed that year. Mm-hmm. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, they have the experience. They know what it takes. However, I still pick Loyola. <laughs> I also pick Loyola. You had me <laughs> going there for a I second. I hate Ohio State, so maybe some bias is coming in here. Final game in the South region, Villanova and Delaware. Delaware making it for the first time in a while. Villanova, always a good team, always a strong team. They can make a threat. They're a threat to win it all, but don't rule out Delaware. However, I think they have to work cut out for them. The Blue Hens, I don't think they have a chance. <laughs> yeah, they got a cool name, but that's like about it. Is that's, the, about, um, that's all they got. <laughs> is the Blue Hens, yeah, but... um. Villanova's won 10 of their last 11. Five of them have been straight wins. Best in the country at the free throw line by a pretty wide margin. So what I have written down. Next question, please. (laughs) All right. That ends our coverage here of the South Conference. Excuse me, the South Regional. We're going to head over down to the Midwest, the final region of this tournament. So keep it here. We got Kansas and we got Auburn. Who will make it out? Find out tonight at 10. (laughs) We're going to take a short break. We come back. More March Madness coverage here in Hot Corner on KCU 88.1 FM and KCU.FM. All across the nation, we are here for our communities. We're doing our part to get supplies where it's needed in order to fight COVID-19 together. 
It feels good to be out there to assist our community. I would like our friends and family to know that your National Guardsmen are always ready and always there. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station. Everyone has their favorite moment in sports. The NBA Finals. The Super Bowl. The penalty box on KCOU 88.1 FM. Wait, what? You heard me right. Join me, Peter Camp, and my co-host, Jack Knowlton, on Thursdays at 4 p.m. as we talk about news surrounding college sports, the NBA, and the NFL. And don't forget everyone's favorite segment, the penalty box, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Come join the fun. KCOU, we're just normal enough to appreciate Drake's cultural relevance, but just weird enough to make a sweeper like this. KCOU. KCOU. Bracket here at a sheet of integrity looking pretty okay. <laughs> Lukewarm at this point, honestly. South, uh, excuse me, Midwest Conf- Midwest Regional, Kansas and Auburn are the two big teams. However, one that some people had gone pretty far bit the dust yesterday, and rightfully so, because I can't stand them. Anyways, over in the Midwest, we start off with Kansas and Texas Southern. All I have in there is nice try. Yeah. Saw that one coming. That's, that's about that, it. That's as much as I can say when it comes down to that one. Everyone's got Kansas going pretty far. Now, however far you had got them, it stays up to you. More on that later. More on that <laughs> later. We're <laughs> teasing it. Final four and championship coming up a little past 8.50 on the show here. We're going to get through this uh, this region pretty quick here. Next one we got here, San Diego State and Creighton. Another game that came down to the wire. I picked San Diego State in that one, but Creighton came back from a deficit and won. Ryan Kelkbrenner had a great game, had a double-double, but will they give Kansas a run for its money? Yeah, we had we. I also had San Diego State, and that one was um, another real close one. I believe that was one of the many that went into overtime last night. And Creighton, they were able to spread the wealth. Each of their starting five had 10 points or more, so that's a great way to sustain success when you're kind of spreading the ball around and able to get hot from multiple angles because sometimes you get a lot of these teams in the tournament that have one good player, and if he's off their game, it's very tough for them. But Creighton has shown they can kind of sustain success across the board, and that's a very valuable skill to have. Yeah, they've, they, they're, they're a team that's always, that's somewhat been in contention a lot. I picked Creighton back in the day. I picked them to win, and they didn't. They've Excuse been me. one of those frisky teams that's kind of always around, but not like, you know... Why frisky? That, that's just a word that people use. No. <laughs> Listen, it's fine. It's it's a word, okay? But yeah, they're they're always around. They're kind of there, but not like fully there, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? They're always on the cusp of being good. That's so a that, very that's, good way to put it. That's that's what I'll say about them. All right, the next thing we got here, the Iowa against Richmond. The Fraud Eyes did not win that one. Logan, you have a history with Iowa. I do. They've screwed me over twice in the tournament. Last year, I picked them to win it all, and they got bounced in the second round. This year, I picked them to go to the Sweet 16, and they they let me down once again. Um, my roommate and friend of the show, Brandon Anthony, actually um, picked Richmond in this one. He was um, very proud of that when Richmond ended up pulling it off. Um, they did a very good job of stopping Keegan Murray, which was 
you know, Iowa's best player, and you can't expect to win if your best player turns invisible. They were fortunate to be as close as they were because Patrick McCaffrey was able to kind of step up. But when Murray, when your best player isn't producing, it's very much an uphill battle to win games. Yeah, I had Iowa going in Sweet 16, but Richmond, they have a history. I'm going to read through a very quick message here. They have a history of being an upset team. You know, their program has garnered that reputation in 1984. They beat the Charles Barkley led Auburn Tigers in 1988. They reached the sweet, this. They reached the Sweet 16 in 84 and 88. They beat the defending national champion Indiana and Georgia Tech, beating number three seeded South Carolina in 1998 and becoming the first 15 seed to knock off a two seed when they beat Syracuse in 91. The Spiders hold the only distinction of being the only basketball program to win NCAA tournament games as a 12, 13, 14, and 15 seed. Wow, that is incredible. That spider, that spider has his web and everything. <laughs> yeah, I um, I love their name too, the Richmond Spiders. It's yeah, just it's, great. They're going to be a fun team to watch in the next round here. Whether how they do against a team we call Fraudidence, but we're getting <laughs> we're getting them right now. So I had we both had Iowa Sweet Sixteen. We're hurt. Whatever, as they say, never pick the Big Tech champion to be in the Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> All right, next team in here. Fr- <laughs> it's almost like second reaction now. Providence against Sandy, uh, not San Diego State, uh, against South Dakota State. South Dakota State had one of those fast-flying offenses, which is so much fun to watch. With a controversial foul, helped Providence get to the second round. And as they say, Providence, easiest second-round exit in years. <laughs> yeah, Providence won't weigh you with offense, but they won the rebound battle, and this one was putting up a lot of those second-chance points, and that's something that's very crucial in in these games, South Dakota State just couldn't get it done. I think we both had South Dakota State in this game, spoiler alert. But we did. They, and, you know, Providence is one of those teams, you hear it a lot, they have good possession. They work that clock. It's honestly one of the most boring forms of basketball to watch. They're, they're 2018 Virginia-esque levels of boring. But it works for them. It That's works. the issue. I'm not saying it's not, yeah. it's not efficient. It gets the job done. But it's also one of the most boring things to watch, but neither of us picked Providence win this one. Both of the teams I had winning the game prior to this are not making a Sweet 16, so I'm rooting for the Spiders this one. Please be Providence. I'm tired of their act. <laughs> I would love to see Richmond, too. I just like the Cinderella story there. All right, next game we got here. LSU against Iowa State. A coachless LSU team against a team that surprised many you know, in the form of Iowa State. In the beginning of the season, they started off undefeated. And, you know, just a few years ago, they finished last in the Big 12. So Iowa State really turning things around. As for LSU, they have a great offensive defense, but they don't have their head coach. Will Wade was fired on accusations or allegations into recruiting violations, supposedly heard on a wire by the FBI. So, hey, that's not looking good for them. But, however, where's that, uh, where's that Kansas investigation? <laughs> Anyways, Tari Easton, 17 points per game for LSU is a player to watch. Isaiah Brockington for Iowa State, 17 points per game as well. But if Tyrese Hunter and Isaiah are working together, that offense can be very good. Yeah, um, Xavier Pinson is another name I want to bring up for LSU. Just we former... refuse, we refuse to acknowledge the existence of this man. Oh, we refuse to. Okay, I'm sorry, he doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Um, no, but he's um former Tiger, obviously transferred um last season. But both of these teams, the metrics I always look at are three point percentage and free throws. Those are the ones I um take a lot from. Both of them have both of them are pretty underwhelming for both teams. So it feels like kind of a toss up in that regard. Like you mentioned, um, Tari Eason and Isaiah Brockington, it's kind of like power versus power. Who's going to win out? That's how I feel about this one. Yeah, it's definitely something that's going to be interesting. It's another hard game to pick 
because LSU has the the potential, but they don't have their coach. So it's definitely they're a team without a leader, a horse without its head. Yeah, I think LSU is a deeper roster, but not having your coach. Is I think actually now I want to make was a chicken without its head. I don't know why I said a horse. Yeah, a horse without. <laughs> are you thinking of the headless horseman or something? That's not what I was going for. All right, Wisconsin against Toothpaste University, also known as Colgate. Wisconsin, it's day and night teams. Colgate beat. Arkansas last season, but they've also won 19 of 20 games of their <laughs> did, last 20. Did we say who we picked for the last one? I picked Iowa State. I also picked Iowa State. All right. Wisconsin, we have very similar first rounds. Colgate won against Arkansas last season, as I said, 19 and 20 in their last games, and they also won the Patriot League. As for Wisconsin, they have Johnny Davis. He's one of the best players in the Big Ten, one of the best players in NCAA. Averages 19.7 points per game. But however, they've been first weekend exits in each of the last two NCAA tournaments. Something to keep your eye on for. But Colgate, can the magic continue? Yeah, can it continue? Like They were a team that made it to the second round against all odds last year. Can they do it again? They're not they're not very good from the free throw line. They're second best in the country from three points, though. So if those two can balance out, maybe you could see the Colgate team that sneaks past Wisconsin. Um, spoiler alert: I don't think it's happening. But I don't see it either. It, I have Wisconsin. It could. it could. Who knows? I Wisconsin is I a Sweet Wisconsin. Sixteen team in that. So definitely something. Another somewhat hard game to pick. Our next game is probably one of the hardest to do in this region, other than LSU and Iowa State. USC against Miami. They're pretty close in NET ranks. USC had a nice run last season, but fell short. As for Miami, they have the better strength of schedule, but they're going to encounter 6'10", Isaiah Mobley down low, Andrew Peterson, who's also fairly tall as well. Both are really good players. Mobley, if you remember last year, he did very well in the tournament. So height against a strong offense, it's going to be very fun to watch. Yeah, you need Cameron McGusty and Isaiah Wong to step up if you're Miami. 17.6 and 15.2 points per game, respectively, for those two. So... It's possible. I think it's a very close game. They're two pretty evenly matched teams. Who do you have in this I one? I have USC because I despise Miami. <laughs> that's very fair. I have Miami in this one just because mm. I think I, I think they've got the more high-powered offense. I think that's going to win out. All right, la- final game in the preview here. Auburn against Jacksonville State. Now, fun fact about Jacksonville State, they should not even be there because of NCAA rulings and that teams moving up from Division Two to Division One have to wait a full, few years to make the jump to become postseason eligible Bellarmine won the tournament in their conference but Jacksonville State was a runner-up but because Bellarmine's in that transition stage they can't play in the tournament so Jacksonville State got the auto bid that's it's idiotic it's stupid and it should be outlawed yeah if you can just pick and choose which teams fall under that um distinction I mean I got got Auburn this one yeah Jacksonville State's fifth in the country from three points but come on they're they're playing Auburn it's, don't rule it out. Nothing's nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible, but but I'm not I'm not putting any money it's, on it. It's very slim chances. So there you have the the bracket. We're gonna come back and we're gonna do our final four and championship picks here. All this in the hot corner on more KC eighty one FM and KCU FM. Culture. KCOU Society, KCOU, you, me, togetherness, equality, eternity, KCOU, deep space, travel and leisure, KCOU, magazine subscription, ends eventually, just as all of us KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia, Missouri. Life can be dramatic. 
But day-to-day -day relationships aren't always like you see on TV. You can help the young people in your life work through the drama by engaging them in conversations about healthy relationships. Use Connect With Me activity cards to start discussions on this subject and other topics that matter to teens. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. The question we all have, who will be this year's one shining moment? We're going to go through our final four and championship picks here. Probably for the first time. We're going to talk about it next week, too. We're going to preview all Sweet 16 games and recap those that might have played as well. I can't remember if they do Thursdays as well. I don't have the header on my thing. I should know this because, you know, I'm a journalist. <laughs> so uh, let me check the, the header here. Yeah, the second round, excuse me, Sweet 16 is the 24th and 20. 5th of March, which is actually Thursday, Friday. So we're going to preview both of those, all those games here on the Hot Corner next week. So in the few minutes we have left, final four picks. I'm going to have you go first, Logan, because usually I go first. So I'm having you go first because I want to end it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like going a little more bold with some of these picks. I think it's more fun that way. So I'll give you the ones that... um. That are pretty normal first. In the South region, I have Arizona, the one okay. seed. In the West, in the Midwest region, I have Kansas, also the one seed. Ooh. But on the left side of the bracket, that's where it gets a little little spicy. On the in the West region, I have Texas Tech coming out of it. I think their defense is probably the best suited to beat Gonzaga, and I think they will, and I think they'll earn themselves a spot in the Final Four. And in the East region, I have UCLA coming out of it. They need to beat Baylor, and that's something that I'd be worried about. Uh, right now, I'm worried about them beating St. Mary's. We don't need to get into that right now. We already did earlier. But they're, they're a team that I thought had a lot of firepower and I think can make a deep run, but they need to play better than they did last night. As, Do you want me to go national championship? Oh, uh, yeah, go national championship. All right, national championship. I have UCLA, and against my better judgment, Kansas. And I have UCLA taking the cake. A little bit of a spicy pick there and probably not going to pan out, but it's, it's fun, I think. All right, you're gonna, people are going to call me out for being a little bit of talk here. In the Final Four, I've got Gonzaga, also known as Fraudzaga. I got Baylor coming out of the East. In the South, I have Arizona. In the Midwest, I have Auburn. I have Auburn beating KU in the Midwest Regional Final because we're in Missouri. Everybody here hates, hates Kansas. I hate Kansas more than anyone in this room, in this building. So definitely that. In the National Championship, I have Arizona over Fraudzaga. Score of 72 to 68 you, in that one. You can't just call them frauds if you put them in the national championship Here's game. It doesn't reasoning. work that Here's way. Here's my reasoning. Every year, they say they're going to win the championship. Every year. Have they done it? No. Sure, but you can't just put them in the national championship and then call them frauds. If you're in the national championship, I think you've earned the the privilege of not being frauds. Well, I didn't say my projected whatever. my predicted score, <laughs> by the way. I have um, 69-62 UCLA over Kansas. All right, we have a couple seconds in here more. The NIT champion, I have Dayton over Wake Forest. As for the Roman CBI, Drake over Ohio in that national champion, that championship as well. Congrats to those teams if they win that one. But that is the end of another edition of the Hot Corner. Make sure to follow us on our social media page at Hot Corner Sports. You can follow yours truly at Patrick Harrion, Logan at Logan France, and Michael at Imami Michael. Also Make sure to check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and any other podcast services under the name The Hot Corner. We have a wonderful Friday. We will see you next week, same time, same place. Until then, it's The Hot Corner, sending off. And may God 
Have mercy on your brackets. Song.